into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. The Last Ronin, issue number five. Story by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and Tom Walsh. Script by Tom Walsh and Kevin Eastman. Layouts by Kevin Eastman. Pencils and inks by Assay and Isaac Escarosa. Ben Bishop and Kevin Eastman. Color assistance by Samuel Plata. Colors by Luis Antonio Delgado and Rhonda Pattinson. Letters by Sean Lee and edits by Bobby Kernow. start off in the sewers. The time is now. The Ronin sits there, thinking introspectively. You know, I think I was only in this room once when Father was still alive. Looks exactly the same. Whatever, Don. How much longer you want to just sit there, Mikey? Until I'm done. That's how long. Stop talking. Ref's right. You're wasting time, Mike. Haven't you pressed the attack against Hiroto yet? You guys caught him completely off guard. You have the advantage. Tell me something I don't know, Leo. Well, I know you're just sitting in a room. You're the sole survivor of the last of us, and that's a heavy burden to bear. Painful, too. Seriously? That's what you're having second thoughts? Ha! I knew you weren't strong enough to handle this. You never were. All the way to let us down, Mike. Go to hell, Raph. I wish I could just bring you back so I could kill you myself. And I damn well know that I could do it. Thronin sits talking to three specters as he sits on his old sensei's bed. We see a title on the bottom, Last Ronin, Part 5, The Last Ronin. After all this time, coming back here, finding April alive, Casey Marie and the Rebels, seeing how they're fighting against the foot and that bastard Hiroto, all their sacrifices, if I fail now, more of them are going to die, maybe all. Nice speech, but I ain't buying it. Something ain't right with you. The only thing that isn't right is the empty space between your ears, Raf. Yeah, I can't, Raph. You're not helping anyone. So what's the attack plan, Mike? Says Donnie. I say another full frontal assault, like on Stockman Compound. That worked out pretty good. If it ain't broke, why fix it? Man, you guys are sure like yapping more than you do listening. And I'm getting sick and tired of repeating myself. I want you all to stop talking now. Thronin looks back over his shoulder at the specters that definitely are not really there, but he's seeing as he puts on his black bandana around his eyes. Then he brandishes Leo's shattered sword in Raph's eye. Right, you'd be lost without us. No, I wouldn't. 
It's worse now than we are ever alive, constantly telling me what to do. And what do I have to show for all your knowledge? This. This is all I have left. Leo, Donnie, and Raph look on at him. That's low, Mike. We all did our part. Yeah. And to us it was everything. Stinking ungrateful jerk. I know what you did. I live with it every damn day, and I've had enough! Leave me! Leave me and never come back. He stares at an empty room. Finally. He opens up Master Splinter's journal, writes something down briefly, and with a thump, closes the book, walks out of the room. Too many innocents are getting hurt. Next we go onto the streets, where we can see that there are rioters. It looks like some soldiers that are there. With the singes offline, there's freaking looters everywhere. Not exactly the rebellion we were hoping for, huh? There's just not enough of us. We're trying to establish a rough network with the resistance community leaders on the old landlines. If we can get them to take control of their sections, we'll have a series of safe zones to fall back from. Hopefully before it's too late. The series shows a bunch of looters with overturned cars and smoke flying everywhere. Yo, forget the stupid rebellion. Let's burn this mother to the ground, says someone else. Damn it. Mom mentality's like a stinking virus, says Casey Marie. Okay, just get back to working to the comms, and we'll plan from there. Hiroto's still got the high ground, and if he gets Stockman's power back online, we are toast. Casey, we just got word. The power outage is causing flooding in the sewers. Oh no, the lair. What do you mean you still can't reach Stockman? Says an enraged Hiroto, gripping his associate by the neck. The entire city will be trying to claw their way in here any minute. <laughs> this displeases me greatly. Master, I silent. Crack. He snaps the man's neck and throws his corpse to the ground. Quit gawking like fools and get my systems back online now. And bring me my armor. I'm going to go on a hunt to kill a mutant. We see the Ronin standing very similar to the pose from the first cover, where he's looking on at the tower with their lights on red alert. Back in the sewer layer, there's water that's coming in on the floor. Case Mary comes in. Mom! This is so not good. Never seen the water down this deep here before. Mom! Sensei! Where are you guys? Wait a sec. Splinter's journal. Sensei wouldn't just leave this around. What the hell's going on? Casey! Mom! Down here! The power system failure knocked out the water pumps! We are history if I've neglected them for too long! They're rusted shut! Help me, kiddo. Where's Sensei? He's... Mikey's not here, Casey. He left. I'm sorry. And you just let him go? What? Hey, no. He didn't even say goodbye to me. I went to ask him for help with the water pumps, and instead he was already gone. Damn it! Casey Mary Jones, stop it. You'll hurt yourself. She punches right through a concrete wall with a... <laughs> Will I? Will I really, Mom? I know I'm different, and I've known for a long time. Just like them. Uh, a mutant! Casey, yes, yes, it's true. Your dad and my long-term exposure to mutagen, it, it infected us. Then, when I was pregnant with you, your DNA changed. It mutated. When were you going to tell me? Years ago. Never. I, I don't know. I just didn't want to face it. Then Mikey suddenly showed up again, and, and now he's out here fighting for us. Us. Long before I met the Turtles, long before you were born, this war was happening. And they were trained their entire lives to end it. It's their family's destiny, Casey, and Mikey needs to finish it his way. The hell with that. She puts on a little domino mask over her eyes. You said it, Mom. There's a part of us that's in our blood, like family, my family, and I'm going to fight to the end. 
back into the building. You can see the tower and the Ronin's back in, just like the first issue, trying to get into the tower to get to Hiroto. A few borrowed and well-placed thermite grenades. What? Says a confused foot soldier. Blam, 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 blam. Got the diversion I need to quickly access the upper levels again. With the singes out of commission, should just be the foot regulars standing in my way now. Time to find out how well trained they... <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> Secondary explosions. My small diversion just shook the whole damn building. So much for surprises. Hiroto knows I'm here now. So, the mutant dares another direct assault. The fool. Fight or flight time, Hiroto. Please let it be fight. We see that the stairway is littered with the body of foot soldiers. Obviously not trained enough to take on the Ronin. Just their bodies and blood strewn across them as he goes down. I was right. No mindless robot assassins this time. No flying mousers. Just foot grunts with a few elite mixed in. Humans with human reactions. A fair fight. Well, almost. Another hallway of strewn bodies and corpses. And then another corridor. With the synthetic hybrids handling most of the enforcement for the law these few decades, these human soldiers have become soft. They've lost their fighting edge along with their loyalty. I can see it in their eyes. Their master's not worth dying for. On second thought, this one looks loyal. Big as hell, too. You see, this looks like almost a robot, but it's just a huge guy who's holding a giant sword. A big two-handed sword, fully decked out with a helmet, and he's got some... Like samurai armor, he's the only one blocking the door. Let's see what he's got. Flashbangs. He throws some flashbangs. Hard to defend while you're deaf and blind. And he throws out a, a smoke bomb grenade as well. Concussion blast to open the door. The perfect battering ram. The Ronin kicks him with a giant flying jump kick to the side of his head to knock him down. Whoa, big guy's fast. He reacts with a big swing of his sword that just narrowly misses the, the Ronin on the front swing and then on the back swing. Way too dangerous at this distance. Time to get up close and personal. Pulls out Leonardo's sword to get in close. And end this. Jams it right in between his collarbone, knocking him down to the ground. This time for real. Making quick work of, of the giant sentry guardian, the Ronin now proceeds through the door to Hiroto. Oroko Hiroto! I'm here! What are you waiting for? Hold on. Crow's attacking on command? Something's not right. He smacks one with his nunchuck. More synthetics? Must be a separate control from Stockman's. Doesn't matter. More cowardly gadgets? EMP should take him out. He jams his two tonfa together, the metal ones that make the EMP pulse, and with a... There's just a dusting of feathers flying everywhere. I'm sick of your childish games and little boy toys, Hiroto. Come and face me like a man. Gah! With a swipe of a talon. Looks like an owl robot just kind of hits him. Old school robotics. Ugh. Like a tank with wings. It does. It looks like an owl with talons on its on its hands and on its legs. Possibly the thing that saved Hiroto when he was uh, f falling in the city off the girders. That hurts. Ronin's on the ground, and he gets out just in time as a smash. The tile that's on the ground was destroyed by the uh, punch from the oncoming robot. Another hit, and I'm dead. Need something big. Gotta put him out of my misery. Reaching down, he grabbed the deceased sentry guard's sword and smashes it backwards into the uh, 
into the midsection of the owl robot with a guck. Now, littered on the ground is the giant's corpse and the robot, killed with the giant sword. Enough! Why are you hiding, coward? Coward? Hardly! I'm not the one who skulked who knows where the utter fear for ten years, after all. Which one are you, by the way? All those filthy monsters look all the same to me, dead or alive. Sixteen years. It's been sixteen years since you killed my family. Has it? It's as they say, time flies while you're having fun, says Hiroto. Whatever. All I know is this has been a long time coming. And all you need to know is that I'm the one who's going to finish it. The last of the Oroku's bloodline ends with you. Tonight. And your mother. Says the worthless Ronin who can't save his own master. The mutant monstrosity playing at family honor. All for pretend family with no true bloodline to speak of. You're wrong. Our bloodline is the shared mutagen that runs through our veins. My master, my father, my brothers, your family took them all away from me. And now, your family will die. Is that so? When he had mentioned his mother, we see that there's a preserved body in stasis of Karai, who, um, as we recall, when she had uh, mutually killed Raphael back in issue two in First of Fall, that she was put into a coma and put into a stasis pod. Hiroto walks over to her. We can see he's wearing some sort of techno-organic shredder armor where it has the uh, crest upon his head. He goes over and puts his hand on his mother. In truth, I always hated her. She left me as a child and never returned. I only kept her alive out of spite, lost and alone in her coffin while I conquered. He holds up his hand and a shh. Claws pop out. While I thrived and he jams his right hand through, killing Karai in, in her pod. Without a second thought, the Ronin responds, At least she died with honor. Are you ready? Ready? Well, I certainly didn't get dressed up for no reason. One thing you have to say about Hiroto is he definitely has a very sick sense of humor. So we see that his armor actually um, covers his face now, and he's got sort of like a, a reverse, I'd say kind of like Casey Jones skeleton look on his face. But it's all black with red eyes and everything else is white, with the exception of red lines that go through it. It looks very apocalyptic for any DC fans out there. Let us begin the end. Hi! In this panel, we see that there's a bunch of glass flying, and it looks like uh, Hiroto has now manifested the full shredder armor, including all of the claws and all of the blades on his forearms and on his shoulders as he attacks the Ronin. Looks like he's actually kicked him out of a window. Or uh, at least some sort of, like, glass uh, guardrail or something along those lines as he's knocked him down a level. His armor. The liquid metal he can manipulate. Some kind of nano-carbide. He can make it solid in order to strike with his fists and blades. Need to steer clear of those. We see a, a master class here on just uh, fighting as uh, the Ronin attacks and repositions himself and... So does Hiroto, based on his throws. So Ronin catches a kick and flips him backwards, and into an aerial uh, loop goes Hiroto, who lands on his feet, just uh, moments away from here. Fires are getting bigger, hard to breathe with all this toxic smoke. Hiroto's anger's growing, too. Better use that to my advantage. Time for you to die, Hellspawn! Stoke the flames. 
You first, mama's boy. Rawr! Now, one thing to notice is that Hiroto is noticeably smaller than the Ronin. The Ronin is just a big hulking figure next to him. We see this in emphasis as they both jump out of the window of the top floor as you see a giant explosion. <laughs> Explosions felt all the way back in, in the sewer layer. Hey, Rock Bottom's reporting an explosion at Hiroto's tower. What? Seriously? Said Casey Marie. A lot of good that does us. We're drowned down here. We gotta get to the main pumps downtown fast. Damn it, Sensei! Says Casey Marie. Why didn't you wait for me? Back to the action at the tower. Both are falling down. Wasn't expecting that. Hiroto's magic armor, either. Incline should slow our fall. Still a long way down, though. Been there, done that. They recover their footing and end up sliding down, almost like skating on a surfboard. Some glass that's inside of Hiroto's tower. Still fighting. Not that Hiroto cares. Idiot's fighting me the whole way down. They crash through another skylight. Gotta force him to take the brunt of this. And still barely put a scratch on him. They continue to fight all the way down through. When getting hit with metal pieces and glass all the way. I really need to find a weak spot in his armor. They smash through a second glass enclosure. Oh man, the whole tower's going up. I need to get to help Sensei. Too late for that, Casey. We gotta find Mrs. Jones and help a way to find to stop flooding the sewers or we won't have anyone else left to help us. Comms are back up. They're online. And my mom? Still no word. Okay, just keep trying. This, this is gonna hurt. A lot. Roto and the Ronin crash into a wooden water tower that's on the side of the tower that had come crashing down. When they land with a and a whoosh. Nothing broken. I think at least nothing's important. The water tower was a gift for both of us, unfortunately. Come on, Hiroto, show me a flaw. They both stand off, circling each other. There. What's this, a scratch? And I only recently had this polished. On top of his left shoulder, there's like a circle, which looks very similar to a puncture wound for the T-1000 from Terminator 2. No matter, he says as we see it actually heal itself. The nanites. Or maybe not. Now, where were we? The armor's self-repairing. Gotta have to find a workaround. He pulls out his sigh. You are about to do something stupid. Really? We shall see. He attacks him. Spring! That was too damn close. Talk about stupid, Mike. A slash at his sigh as he tries to attack him with it. Back to the sewers, where Casey Marie is trying to help her mom now. We're not gonna be able to get the... Any of the substation pumps online in. Still no word for my mom, I know. Okay, there's no other option. I gotta get to the old main pumps and see if we can open them, somehow, and then find my mom. The water's rising too fast. No way you can make it there in time. I can if I go underwater. You guys keep things moving here, and move out as many people as you can. Roger that. Take this, it's waterproof. Let us know when you get there, safely. You heard her, people. Let's get moving. Sorry, Sensei, but I can't leave Mom hanging. I can't let these people die. You're on your own, just like you wanted. Back to the Ronin fighting Hiroto. Keeping the pressures on. Relentless. He knows I'm hurt. We can see after the last slash on his arm, the Ronin's bleeding pretty badly. So Hiroto has definitely scored a couple hits as well. And with that fancy armor, he's not taking as much damage as the Ronin would be. Need to keep my distance. Choose the right time to strike. Can't keep this up forever. When he says that, there's a couple kicks that he throws and knocks him back a little bit to try to get his distance. That fall did more damage than I thought. His attacks are being blocked. 
looks like every move. Then his his knee strike, his leg strike, and he's getting cut by the leg blades on the shredder armor on his on his leg. Practically moving at half speed, and he knows it. He's taking full advantage. With an uppercut, he catches the side of Ronan's face. Time to change things up. Need to make a weak spot. Ronan secretly pulls out a grenade from his belt as he has the Psy in his uh, right hand. Looked like he's going to try and stab it through him. Come on, mutant. Where's your bravado now, huh? Your precious honor. With a desperate attempt, he grabs onto Hiroto's wrist and puts the grenade into his hand. It explodes with a boomph. This should stick just long enough to give me a shot. And with that, a gift from Raphael. He jams the sigh into the hand, now exposed as the liquid metal dissipated to take the brunt of the explosion. And with a shock, skewers Hiroto's left hand. Oh, he says, is that your very best mutant? Hm. Poking, prodding, scratching. Me? I will break you! As he snaps the end of the ref's sigh off and pulls it out of his hand. All of a sudden we hear, quick a it looks like the tower has exploded, just long enough to distract Hiroto. No, my tower! Impossible! More perfect timing. First rule of martial arts. Never take your eyes off your opponent. Ronan picks up what looks like a piece of the water tower and uses it to just, boink, smack him on the side of the head and knock him off the side of the building, back into the water. Lungs on fire. Need to find an air pocket fast. Strong as I am, I ain't a mutant fish. Wait, that's it. Mom! As Casey Marie dives through the water, looking for her mom, she could see someone who was welding underneath the water in a uh, in a breathing apparatus, and it's April. Back to the Ronin fighting Hiroto. Goof! <laughs> Falls down to the ground with a thump. You're on hallowed ground now, chump. <laughs> and your fancy armor's busted. <laughs> this one's courtesy of Leonardo. As he lands, the Ronin jams the shard of Leonardo's sword into the side gut of Hiroto, and with a well-placed sidekick, knocks it in a little deeper. Fine, <coughs> I yield, <coughs> you win, says Hiroto, as his armor dissipates, and we just see that his suit is there. It's kind of crackling energy. We know this is a ploy. Rumble, crack, crack, crack. You still don't get it, do you, Hiroto? There's no way to win or lose today. Only end. Hiroto looks down, beaten goes, you're right, as he bows down to him. And then, his armor appears once again, as we knew that this would be a deception, and he slashes at the guts of the Ronin. This is an ending, mutant. Stupid, cocky fool. Uh, <coughs> your ending. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book, and I fell for it. Need to regroup. He throws the last piece of Donatello's bow staff at him, hits him dead center of the head. Donatello sends his regards. Need some space. Need to stop the bleeding. Need to catch my breath. He drops down into the sewers, his native environment. Back under the water, April and Casey try to start up the pumps again. April gives a little bit of air to Casey. Air! Thank you, Mom. Now what? We hear a... <laughs> Looks like there's a whole bunch of rubble from the above tower that's falling down. Casey's very aware of this, as April's trying to open up the pumps with a, uh, a blowtorch. Back to the Ronin. I shouldn't be the only one bleeding out. Cut from Raft's sigh, Leo's sword, his armor sealed him somehow. So cravenly running away to hide in the sewers. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, who's running? Ronan now tied a uh, bandage around his bleeding gut. He jumps up with both nunchucks, 
full Michelangelo now, hitting him square in the head with a blow so powerful it knocks off the crest from his, his armor. With a spring! Back to April. Rocks falling everywhere. Gotta protect Mom. Buy her more time. Casey Marie is just knocking off these rocks as they're trying to hit April. Then all of a sudden, ching! War, 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 war. Looks like that April has has succeeded in what she was doing as she moves a lever all the way to the right, just as Casey Marie is buried underneath a rock in the water. Back to the Ronin. His armor failing him. Whoosh! Gotta finish this before my body fails me. Just as he's about to hit him with the both nunchucks at the same time and destroy him, a big whoosh of water comes and roars both of them out of the way. Whoosh! No! And they're sucked out, out of a drain pipe into a big mud pit. Casey Marie in April. <laughs> it's okay, Casey. Just breathe. I'm here. I've got you. <laughs> I <laughs> knew I had to do something when we didn't hear from you. Not that I don't appreciate the assist, but what the heck were you doing here? I just, I'm so happy I found you, Mom. If I lost you and if you didn't get the pumps working, hey, that's what I do, right? I fix up old broken things. Speaking of, he has no clue, but I injected a tracker into Mikey when I drew his blood. I meant to tell you before, but you kind of took off on me. It's transmitting on the standard resistance frequency, but my radio's in the battle wagon, so... I've got a radio. I'll find him. All right, I'll be right behind you. Just be careful. Back in the mud pit. Head spinning. Guts leaking. Can barely stand. You will not survive this mutant. I cannot be defeated. He's right. This whole thing's been a one-way ticket. I'm not taking that trip alone. Ronan gut punches him. Boof! You're wrong, Aroto. I'm gonna bury you here. Then a crack across his face. Then another gut punch. This mud hole will be your grave. Broken and alone, outside the city you tried to destroy. Forgotten forever. He holds him up by his neck. Just measuring his next punch for a haymaker that'll undo him. No, you're wrong. I am God. I am immortal. Hiroto grabs onto the arm that's holding him out, and we see a giant electro bubble that forms around them. Looks like lightning everywhere. And it just goes, and all of a sudden he starts laughing. <laughs> Knowing that this will probably take the Ronin with him, Ronin screams in fear. As we see the, the laughter. As we hear the and then finally an explosion that kicks up electricity and, and mud with a boom. And then, silently falling, we see splish, a big hole in the front of Hiroto. He falls in the mud and then lays faceless, dying dead in the mud. A ronin emerges. <laughs> so God. And then falls. Flat in his face. Rolls to his back. Ugh. Out of the nearby drain pipe emerges Casey Marie. Sensei! As we see, near dying, near dead Ronan looks up. Pupils white, mouth open, bleeding. I'm here, Sensei. It's me! She takes off her domino mask. No! You're not leaving me! You can't! I, I just... I brought the journal, you see? You were gonna teach me. You promised. No! It's not fair! It's... I'm sorry, Casey. It was my duty. <laughs> My destiny for my family. But I'm your family now. Yes, you, your mom, always. My father's journal. I left it for you. <coughs> Bleeding heavily from the mouth. They open the book. 
It will teach you all he knew. But the last lesson is mine. Most, most important of all. Ronan, clutching onto Casey, as his last words, shadow the page of the book, which says, No peace. Casey! emerges April in the battle wagon. Oh my god, Casey, are you okay? Oh, Mikey. April stands behind Casey Marie, tears in her eyes. Goodbye, my sweet friend. Looking down, we see a lifeline that flatlines. Ronan is dead. Mikey, wake up already. Jeez, you gonna sleep all day or what? Longest nap ever, bro. Hurry up, it finally stopped raining. What? Michelangelo awakens in his bed to see his other brothers getting ready with the bit of daylight. Yeah, we're heading topside for some fresh air. And training, says Leonardo. Come on, we're already behind schedule. Yeah, sleepyhead, get your lazy butt moving. They throw his pads and his mask and his nunchucks at him, and he's trying to wake up. Last one to get out does dishes for a week. Wait, uh, wait, I... Looks like we have our winner. <laughs> Don't you mean loser, Leo? Says Donnie. Hey, no fair. I wasn't ready. You guys totally cheated. Loser says what? I'll show you I'm not a loser. Only a loser would say that. He's right. Look up. You're all losers. You would know, Don. Whew. That so much for fresh air. Smells like Mike cut the cheese. Did not. You gotta side with Mikey on this one, Raph. You know what they say. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. Casey Jones appears. Casey! Well, I cannot speak to Raphael's flatulence. Father! But indeed, New York City indeed has its own unique odor. Yeah, it does. It smells like home. The end. This past dream sequence was illustrated by Ben Bishop, and we can see Casey Jones, all the four turtles are together, and Master Splinter all on top of a rooftop, viewing a breathtaking sunset. The final panel says, The End. Epilogue. Yeah! The heavy bag moves with a punch as Casey Marie Jones hits it, then follows up with a sidekick that goes, Woof! knocking it sideways aggressively. Huh, not too shabby, Casey. We see Casey Marie with a red headband on. Looks very much like a, like a foot soldier would from the first movie. Reading from Master Splinter's journal. And then she closes it. I wish you were still here to see how far I've come. But I'll keep training. I'll keep learning. I'll keep getting better, Sensei. I won't let you down. Now we move on to the, to the laboratory, where she comes in to see April working. Hey, Mom. Mm-hmm. How are your tests looking? Slight improvement, actually. Lots more to get done, though, says April. Huh. So what's new? What are we eating today? Get what you want, kiddo. I'm not hungry. I wasn't talking to you. Hey there. As she looks in on an experiment, we can see that there's a vial of mutagen on the side. And then that there are four turtles in a terrarium, all connected to it. Hurry up and grow already. I've got so much cool stuff to teach you. To be continued. And that's the end of The Last Ronin, issue number five. Hi, this is Adam, a.k.a. Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, and you're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you pizza time. That's right, it's pizza time, and what better way to talk about our sludge-filled battle between Oroko Hiroto and the last Ronin than with the sludge pie. This makes one 12-inch pizza. 
This pizza looks grimy and gooey as sewer sludge, but just as the turtles can look, looks can be deceiving. Ingredients. Cornmeal or flour for dusting. Extra virgin olive oil for greasing. One pound ball pizza dough, homemade or store-bought. One cup green pesto, homemade or store-bought. One cup caramelized onions. One fourth cup heavy cream divided. Baking on a stone or steel, place your stone in the middle of the rack in the oven and preheat to 500 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 30 minutes. Then turn the oven to broil. Dust a pizza peel or inverted baking sheet with cornmeal or flour. For a baking sheet, preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit with a rack in the middle position. Lightly coat with heavy-duty rimmed baking sheet with olive oil. Step 1. Stretch or roll the dough onto a 12-inch disc and place it in the prepared pizza peel or baking sheet. Step 2. Scoop the pesto, a.k.a. sludge, onto the dough and spread it out evenly, leaving a half-inch border of dough all around. Step 3. Scatter on the caramelized onions, a.k.a. worms, and drizzle on half of the cream. Step 4. Shimmy the dough from the peel to the hot baking stone or transfer the baking sheet to the oven. Step 5. Bake until the crust is golden, about 6-8 to eight minutes on the baking stone or 10-15 to 15 minutes on the baking sheet. Step 6. Remove the pizza from the oven and immediately drizzle the remaining cream. Let it rest for 5 minutes and then slice and serve. Use whole wheat dough and half and half cream instead of heavy cream if you want to lighten it up, dudes. And that is your sludgy last Ronin final battle pizza for the day. The sludge pie. Cowabunga, dudes! Hi, this is Francois Chow. I am the shredder from Secret of the Ooze. And uh, it's been a pleasure for me to talk to Justin and Eric on Epic Tales from the Sewers. It's been great, guys. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibans. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retro have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. 
So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidoctopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks, with new episodes every technical Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome.